0: And remember that we are not descended from fearful men. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Five,
1: four, three. The Kellen and Alex Show. Zero. Liftoff. We have
2: a liftoff. The and
1: Hadley, welcome back to the podcast.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me again. I'm glad that y'all, you know, weren't too scared of me the first time. Mm-hmm. Happy to be back.
1: Welcome, McKenna, sitting in on the podcast. And uh, that's our Kellen Lake. All right, first question. <laughs>
3: the founder of the first show. First question. So you, you
1: pestered us with a lot of questions. Yeah, you know, pestered I Maybe it's a little bit too strong. But a, right, wide
3: one, range Alan of things. And I was like, this is spiritual warfare.
1: <laughs> Hadley, how has apathy become Gen Z's? power tactic mm. okay,
0: so in your you, language.
3: Please clarify that. Yeah, later.
0: let's see. Well, <laughs> you told me that you were going to choose one at random, but this is the exact one you told me the other day that oh, really? you were going <laughs> to do. Yeah, so not, a, not at random too much. Um, but this, so this topic came to me after we were, like, sitting around the fire at Nick's house that one day, and we were talking about just, like, a lot of different things. And so then we ended up talking about, like, Gen Z and, like, social media and stuff. And so we are talking about how, like, you know— Basically, history, like, can also be measured by, like, power and, like, exchange of power, you know? And so um, something that's been interesting is how one of the ways that, like, Gen Z has gained power is, like, by pretending that they don't care about it. Um, Which is really interesting. So it's like they just don't care about things. Like if you look at, you know, their like social media and stuff like that, they like don't care about school, don't care about grades, don't care about, you know, like careers and stuff like that. They're very much just like, okay, we'll see like how things happen. They don't care about authority. But it's like because of that, they've been able to like centralize, you know, power over other people. So everything nowadays is catered to this like social media generation. And it's, like, they've been able to gain power by basically saying, we don't care about anything else that, you know, the generations before us care about. And now they've just centered the world around themselves.
3: So Generation Z is social media people.
0: Basically. That's kind of, like, my understanding of it is, like, the people that grew up, like, knowing technology, like, and having technology, like, integrated into explosive. their childhood. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's how I would describe them. And then like those people grew up having like never being cognizant of a time without social media. So whether that be people that like were always, you know, like their parents posted pictures on Facebook of them, like, you know, through their childhood and stuff like that. Or then it's like once they got to middle school, they had like social media and stuff like that. And that's just always been and they've been the ones that have been in control of like the trends of social media, so to speak.
1: Where do you see the apathy part? Like, I agree with you, but, like, we're specifically the app. Like, what is it about Gen Z that lends itself to kind of, like, a general apathy about things?
0: Yeah. So, it's funny because it's, like, as I was thinking this through, too. So, they definitely, because you hear, you know, of them being, like, everyone's an activist nowadays. You look at, like, people's social media bios, and they're, like, an activist about, you know, like, Anything from, like, oh, I'm a chicken nugget activist. You know? It's like, that doesn't even That's exist.
3: you are, Helen, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you're I like, do, what? I do like, I do like the McNuggets. I will usually get 2 I think $2.
0: Clem would agree with you. Um, <laughs> but I think that they don't... Well, I guess what I would say is they don't care about, like, traditional things. Um, and they don't care about, like... Um, a culture being passed down or traditions being passed down. So, you know, it's the whole thing of like this disrespect for like their elders. So you see that in, you know, this whole like, oh, like boomers and them you know, being like, oh, boomers don't know anything, you know, and like the generations before us, then like them also making fun of like millennials and stuff like that. So I wouldn't say, I guess necessarily that it's like general apathy of like, you know, care of nothing. But it's that they don't care for anything that comes before them. So they're very, like, self-determinant. So it's like, oh, we're going to, like, create our culture. We're going to create our lives. We're going to be the ones to form everything, regardless of, like, what has happened before us and not taking any of that into account. And so it kind of creates this, like, gap between, okay, so, like, we've had these traditions. We've had these cultures. And Gen Z's like, well, it ends with us. We're not going to, like, continue that.
1: John sent me a meme today. It was (laughs) – it just said – I, it was like a tweet, and it had uh, these pictures under it of it looked like a bougie hotel, but it said new influencer hotel in uh, some area that used to literally be a prison, and they yeah. just revitalized this thing and made it what, like an influencer hotel. Or exactly,
0: something. I'm like, what? This it's is all about crazy. yeah, like social media. There are um, two places in Atlanta that are, they like used to be old warehouses that were in like really bad parts of town, like run down. And so then they turn them into these like, you know, markets. And it's basically like a mall inside a warehouse, but it's like super gentrified and everything. And so now it's like so expensive to live there. And, you know, um, but they've pushed out all the like people that, you know, used to live there that couldn't afford anything else. But it's all for the sake of like, oh, influencer culture. Yet then also online, these people are like, no, you know, we're activists for like black, Black Lives Matters and LGBT community and all these different things, you know, like, oh, for the incarcerated and the poor, you know, the marginalized, every other buzzword that you can think of. Yet then also, you know, they support like basically just this mass culture, which is then just creating more like marginalization, you know. Hmm. And so it's really funny, like the disconnect between that. And so they say that they care, but then also don't by their actions.
3: So do they gain power by not caring
1: then? Yeah, maybe that's the next thing is the power stuff. Because I'm yeah. maybe I'm how, missing that part. I
3: mean, it seems like a opposite because how can you how can you be um, influential if you have apathy? If you don't not lack of concern for that thing? How how does that that doesn't make sense to me?
0: Yeah. How does that work? So I would say that, I mean, if you look at like the culture nowadays, everything is catered towards like social media. Everything is catered towards like young people, teens specifically. So I'd say like 15 to like 22 is like the age range range that everything like revolves around. You know, it's like if you're younger than that, like, oh, you're a kid and you're basically like an influencer in training, you know, it's like, how can we get you into this like culture? But if you're like above that range, it's like, ah, you're just like too old for this, you know? And so they've, like, gained a power through um, basically deciding that they're the ones in control. And so it's like... Yeah, I would say it's like I said before, of like not caring about what comes before them. And so I don't, I guess what I don't get and what I'd like to talk more about is like, how though did the like generations before them give up that power to them? So like, how did we start catering to these people who are basically just like, oh, like we don't care about what you have. We don't care about what you have to pass down and like what to give us. And like, we're just going to be the ones to, you know, determine everything ourselves.
1: How wide do you think, So you mentioned 15 to 22.
0: Yeah, I mean, it may be, like, wider than that, but... Well, I know, not not
1: age-wise, but, like, the influence of those type of, like, apathetic, super hyper on social media. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking of the Twitter warriors who are, like, whatever, 18 and 22. And then, yeah, we're talking about you, John. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) He's a
0: grouping warrior. (laughs) Yeah,
1: And, I mean, to my... Well, no, it's I mean, demographically, like, I think Instagram affects girls a little bit more than it does guys in different ways. I don't know. But I'd say
0: social media is probably, like, more geared towards girls to begin with. Just, okay. like, overall. Yeah. yeah.
1: Because the kind of apathetic... Well, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe I just need apathy. Like, I get, like, a kind of general um, nihilism kind of, but I don't see the... Ap- like, I think they care about stuff. They care about money. A lot of... Yeah. They, they care about okay. money and getting influence. And they so, care about power, so which... I don't know if that would be completely apathy rather than not caring, but
0: I guess I'm missing that part. So, yeah, no, I think that's a good distinction. And I think that it's like an apathy towards like reality. So they care. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that that's, yeah, the way that I'm like, the lens through which I'm viewing it is that they care about this social media world and like this, you know basically manufactured world around them but not like what is actually real. So it's like they care about Instagram likes more than they care about like actually learning anything in school. And you're like that's pretty messed up like that you have no desire to like further your education but it's like oh you have a desire to like learn how to do TikTok dances for like this fake, you know, like social um cash basically of likes because it's all in hopes of you know this social influence but what is social influence you know it's like oh I just have followers online which is fake and so it's like that they, they don't care about the real things but mm, okay, care I'm about the, the power fake thing things now. okay yeah. yeah
1: I mean the more that the online space becomes our reality and 2020 was a, a big push in that direction yeah the more power they do have socially mm-hmm. or whatever yeah um, yeah there's so many like movie themes book themes about like switching you know switching reality basically of this is like our new reality if the social is really the new reality um okay i've always uh, on the let's say tradition side so to my mind there was like the boomers were like receiving if we're doing generationally right yeah the boomers were receiving the last vestiges of kind of a just american christian heritage Mm -hmm. and the boomers were like kind of rejected it but a number of them passed it on and then, but the what is it? Um, not Jin, Jin X. Yeah. Like my parents' generation. Yeah, so, that's my Yeah, no, they too. they they have when like Jim Y come X, from. They're, all, they're all bullshit ultimately. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, they're just kind of generalizations. Um but they they got this admixture of like being raised either Christian or some type of religious background, but then they just did nothing for their kids. Like, yeah, all exactly. Like exactly. the vast majority. I mean, we're the you know, the exceptions. But um, like the vast majority of them, didn't even care to baptize their kids or bring them to church at all. Or well, my
3: my dad's dad was wasn't really Catholic. My dad's my dad is a convert. My mom isn't. But my dad's dad just left him and his mom when they were really young, and just my dad never really saw him very often. So I mean, maybe uh
1: was up by the way oh uh, yeah so let's to the my- mic maybe
3: um a lot of this social media stuff is people that are hurt and they try they're trying to find a way out and maybe they get so carried away that they think you can go big you can make millions of dollars and some people do but i don't know it's, it just seems like i don't know i've seen i don't really i don't really use social media very much but i go on facebook every once in a while but A lot of people, a lot of stuff I see is just people like really hurt in a lot of ways. I just, a friend of mine just had, I think it was her brother or her uncle or something. He, he died and she posted something really, you know, like a nice obituary or whatever. But, um... I don't know. Maybe that's just a speculation. Yeah, the
1: re- replacing of, like, actual social interaction. Yeah. And then, you know, the crazy part is monetizing it. That's yeah, exactly. These are multi-billion dollar companies that monetize the fact that you want to tell your friends about your <laughs> grandfather's death. It's so That is monetized. Yeah. It's that really, is monetized yeah. it's by really Facebook.
3: Weird. It's really weird.
1: No, like, the like, idea of taking a social space. <clears throat> so, uh... In lieu it. of our friend Karl, who's here, mm-hmm. Karl Marx, uh, Slavoj Zizek, uh, the philosopher, who's also a Marxist, whatever. Okay, but he said we're we're no longer in the time of of capitalism where it's like you're trying to sell products that people buy and then use, but mm-hmm. actually we're moving into uh, what it was before, like when Marx was writing his stuff, which is a, a rent based capitalism thing that we're renting oh, yeah. spaces. So that basically the social space has been at least online is more or less monopolized by Facebook, Google. Um, Microsoft, whatever, Twitter, a few others, right? And that space, cyber space, mm-hmm. there's only a few players that are like the ones. Like you're mm-hmm. not gonna use Yahoo for searching and you're not gonna <laughs> bing. You're not gonna use <laughs> yeah. freaking whatever that conservative stupid thing is that was breaking off. Oh, parlor. Yeah, yeah, right. You're not gonna use that. You're gonna use the stuff that is the true yeah. social space online. And they're charging rent for you being there. And and the the idea is using ad space is like the rent for using the space okay. and you could say like well a certain well you know you you click on the ad but i mean you know they're they're charging rent to get to use their social space
0: yeah exactly and it's interesting, it's a really
1: strange like situation we're in
0: especially with like the move to like online shopping and online storefronts it's interesting how like now people are competing with like stores for money so you think about like influencers You know, are, like, basically selling themselves the same way that, like, a store is selling clothing. And it's, like, all that they're able to exist, like, together online. So I see ads for influencers. That's, like, really weird. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But they're basically just the marketing nowadays also for these, like, stores and stuff. And so it's really interesting how there's, like, this shift from, like, traditional marketing, you know, of, like, oh, here's, like, you know, our spring, like, lookbook magazine versus, like, here it is on an actual person. And so that person is just becoming, like, a walking advertisement. And they're willing to sell themselves as that.
1: They get a lot of money for it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
0: They make a ton of money. I mean, (laughs) I made $2,000 eating pizza as an advertisement, you know, on TikTok.
1: Like, I'll take money for eating pizza. Sounds think like about match. think
3: about how much mo- or how many people, how many less people there would be so using social media like Facebook if they made you if they made you pay for it. Oh yeah, exactly. Think, think about that. There would be millions of people that would not be using it. Yeah, if but what also for a product yeah, for yeah renting the space. I
1: know, yeah. But what's
0: also an indication is of like just how useful it is is how much. People pay for advertising on social yeah. media. So it's like, we're not the ones paying for it, but the businesses see it as worth it to pay, like, basically the majority of their
3: advertising to like social media advertising. So businesses pay advertisers and that's how they fund.
0: No, they pay Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. For advertising space. So it boosts them in the algorithm. Okay. So that's what TikTok does specifically is like, so I, when I was doing TikTok, like influencing, um, which I'm outing myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I ran like a restaurant review, Atlanta restaurant review, TikTok page, and I made some good money from it. Yeah. It was crazy. (laughs) I know. But what they do is like, so they connect with people like me that are, (laughs) you know, like it's more organic marketing is what they call it and um they had me they paid me to make a video and then they pay tiktok to boost that video in the algorithm. So it looks more natural. So people feel like, oh, well, I'm connecting with, you know, Hadley and like, she seems like a cool girl and she seems like a person I'd want to be friends with. So like, I'm going to take her recommendations, you know, but it's like, no, I'm an advertiser. You are not connecting with me at all. Like I am using you, like I'm using you, you know, to get money. I'm using my followers. I'm using their likes and their comments. You know, I'm responding to people in the comments so that it'll boost my video in the algorithm and give me more views which gives me more money like and people are like oh my gosh they responded to my comment it's like no you're getting money they're making money off of you and that's like really crazy yeah
3: what the heck
1: the fact that we've like transported massive amounts of wealth away from like the real social and into the fake social right as a as a it's um i think that's more of like so you know that that book whatever iGen came out you know which is similar to this stuff it's like oh this new generation that's raised on social media is like Mm -hmm. a a whole different breed like it's a whole different thing like barely talk to them they're on their phones it's like well this is like the logical conclusion of inventing this new technology is it's massively profitable yeah and like our actual social spaces are becoming just husks of what they were like Mm -hmm. actual um (laughs) you know before the social media stuff like Suburban America plus malls was like the the physical apparatus and then there's the gentrification movement and like moving back into cities. Yeah, and move and having like these like safe city spaces and 2020 was just like, no, you can just do away with that because the 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 social reality is now the online one. Yeah, it's the one in which. You're the victor of like.
0: Well, then you you order everything else towards this. So it's now been ordered towards this, um, you know, social cash and so um, social currency. So it's like all of these places, um, you know, like any place that's being gentrified, any place that's being created has to be. Instagrammable. So it's like they literally will set up things in a way that people will take pictures there, you know, so that they will post them and it's free advertising for them. Um, And it's crazy, but there are all these places that are photo ops. And that's what they intentionally design it for. And that's also the whole thing. Like we were talking about people, you know, like renting the social space. Well, they're also renting all of their physical spaces, um, too, because it's just like, Oh, well I can get it for cheap. And this place looks cute. And this place will look cute on my Instagram photos, you know? So it's like, I'm going to rent this apartment rather than buying an apartment. That's going to take me a little bit of time to like fix up, you know, or, like buying a house that's going to take me, um, you know, time to like make it look nice because they're like, well, I want it now because I need it. I need this social currency right now. Um, and so everything nowadays, that's also then changed it into there's no um, individuality. So it's like if you look at every apartment complex that's being built, it's all the same. Everyone's um, you know, interior design, they're just like, no, I like it because it's trendy. It's like, no, you like it because you see that this influencer got a lot of likes on her photo with this couch. So you're going <laughs> to get the exact same one. And now, oh, wow, isn't that so cute? Like her style is so great. You know, it's like, no, she's just doing exactly what everyone else is doing. And no one has any style. No one has any individuality. But they're all just... And it's like, then they buy, you know, this like cheap mass manufactured stuff. So none of the stuff that they have has any quality anymore. None of the stuff they even really own, but it's all ordered towards social currency. And there's, you know, so it's weird how like (laughs) they won't spend real money. But they, like, see some value of, like, currency, you know, because it's, like, they get this, like, social currency. Mm. Um, and so it really just comes down to, like, they see that as, like, more powerful than money. Do you know much away. about
1: NFTs? Or have you heard about this much? No, talk the to non- me about fungible it. non-fungible tokens. Have you seen this? I've, I've heard of yeah. that, yeah. Where, <laughs> so, uh, I'm sure you've heard of cryptocurrencies and yeah. Bitcoin, et cetera. The, it, you basically invent a token that represents some type of online media something. So it's, it can even be a JPEG where it's literally like there's a JPEG of like Michael Jordan dunking or something like that. The NBA said you will have the not it's called a non-fungible token, which means it doesn't it doesn't one to one with any USD value. It's based on bidding value, basically. And um, all these companies, celebrities, et cetera, have just released these non-fungible tokens. And it's just like we're moving like you were saying about like. You can have some influencer, some garbage Chinese makeup who's like promoting it on Instagram. And, you know, her followers are buying it not because of the product, but because it's like, wow, you know, such and such, where's this makeup? Yeah. Ship it to me from China. And then, yeah, the right. Now we're moving to this place where it doesn't even have to be worth literally anything. It's just a JPEG of Michael Jordan dunking that the NBA is selling. And it's seriously going for like $15,000 yeah. or something like that.
0: And it's all the frenzy around it. So it's like nothing and has because any value. And you think it'll be anywhere. more
1: valuable later on. Yeah, like this right. It's just investment based on cults of personality. It's a. Uh,
0: yeah. Oh, and it's interesting late too. stage
1: capitalism. Yeah. Everything
0: has become like, we've just turned our actual world into like props for social media. So people are willing to like spend money on like Dunkin' or Starbucks coffee every single day. Oh, the so D'Amelio they, girl. Yeah. Did the so Duncan that they thing. have people something watched. to post on their Instagram yeah. because it's like they know that that's like what's liked by people. But it's like you don't own like your coffee. You know, you could buy like, based on the amount of money that you're spending on that, you could buy a nice espresso machine and like have that in your house and own it and like actually make something that is of value because it's like real coffee, you know? All right, let's
1: stick on this for a second. Okay, so the Dunkin' Donut, Charlie D'Amelio, whatever her name is, right? Uh, Have you seen this? I don't think so. So she's a TikTok influencer, has like millions of people who watch her TikToks. And Dunkin' approached her with this like partnership deal where she would launch her own iced coffee it's oh, all gosh. the same bullshit yeah you know, it's, just, it's like,
2: literally. There's, there's something
1: there's like only 10 odd. ways you can make coffee yeah you, know, you just make coffee you put ice and you put a bunch of sugar in it it's,
2: it's
3: literally
0: coffee. something that i'm pretty sure they already had on the menu but because yes
3: she's famous but and no. they just picked her
1: they they crushed <laughs> I mean, yeah they, they killed it in sales like just from this one like you know oh she drinks this iced coffee you know and then people would go and then take pictures with it and they they did this whole instagram promotion thing and whatever you could say it's great business for them but yeah, like you're saying, it's it, that's it's it's almost like when we've moved so par, far past tradition, and now we have this new technology. Then all you're left with is just personalities to just latch mm-hmm. to because there's no like something that's anchored you to, yeah. to the past and your fellow people. Yeah, so you need like literal cults around persons <laughs> to actually provide. But what's you any funny type of is value. that
0: it's not even around like that specific individual, because so once you get famous enough online then everyone has expectations of you and you know you now have to start acting a certain way to basically fit the like mass media culture so you have to assimilate so it's like once you get to this like you know elite level you now like just turn into everyone else at that elite level so the whole reason that people started following you of like oh i like this person specifically is gone and it's so weird how, like, we all are, like, it's a race to the top, and everyone wants to get there to that, like, top, you know, elite level, and it's, like, but they're willing to, like, sell themselves for that. a completely... pantheon of
1: garbage. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And they have, and it's the fact also that I feel like those people specifically, too, are very isolated because it's just around them. So it's, like, if you have, like, friends in the videos, you know, it's, like, you can't really have those people because other people don't care about them. So it's like, you know, let's say that like Kellen gets super popular and he's like a TikTok star, like nobody really cares. Like, he has Alex in a few videos. It's like, nobody knows Alex. So that what? doesn't, so it's like, that doesn't do anything <laughs> yeah. for him. And so it gets to the point where it's like, you know, oh, well, I'm going to stop being videos with Alex because it's like, I have to make videos that, you know, I have to cater to my viewers. And so I can only imagine how like isolating that must be once you get to that level. Yeah. Because mm. you're just then also listening to like what your followers want, so you're just listening to you're just reading comments. You're not even connecting with them, and so then you're not connecting with people in real life, and you're now just becoming you know a media personality.
1: Let's take another example, Dan Blazarian. Have you looked into his stuff at all? No, I've you've even never heard even heard of, heard of him. No. Oh my gosh, I think I've heard of him? But he was on the Joe Rogan that. podcast too, but <clears throat> he he went from like zero to hero on Instagram, and I mean his Instagram was like. It was just ridiculous. It was like, you know, millions and millions and millions. It was one of the top for a while. And uh, he made a brand called Ignite. And it was like a total scam company. And they actually went public in Canada. His dad, Dan Blazarian's, You guys got to look this up. Dan Blazarian Ignite, if you guys are listening. It's 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 a story worth looking at for how terrible it is. Dan Blazerian's dad dad uh, was a convicted uh, security fraud guy. So he had done a bunch of like really shady shady stuff on Wall Street. Basically took a company public, I think he tried to merge it with some other company and just defrauded investors of a lot of money and went to jail. Well he set up an enormous trust fund for his son and his brother, Dan and his other brother. And so Dan created this whole story about how he went to Vegas and made millions of dollars gambling and doing poker and stuff. And then because he had did that he He said on his Instagram stuff like he was living the most lavish lifestyle like yachts like women tons and tons of women and models and stuff and all and would post all these things and just got this like meteoric social media presence. And then he launched his company Ignite based on his brand that he had built for himself and it was like all sorts of just BS products from China but they went public. He made a killing really quickly and he had to go public in Canada because his dad was a securities fraud guy. So he was not the US. And then people figured out he's a fraudster. So he never, <clears throat> he was actually a really mediocre poker player. And he never made that money <laughs> his poker. on poker. And it just basically taken the money he had made on, from his dad's trust fund to create a completely fake lifestyle for Instagram in order to get a ridiculous amount of followers. And gets on the Joe Rogan podcast, just lying through his teeth. And then, <laughs> and Joe's like, wow, like you live like that? And he's like, yeah, I've had like six year olds. It was, it's really kind of, <laughs> it's the most, uh, John's going to kill me for this. The post postmodern <laughs>
2: like,
1: uh, Dan Blazarian, and his company's gone under and he's off the radar now. But it, within like oh two or gosh. three years, he like conquered Instagram. And like, if you want to know what Instagram is like built for, it's built for a Dan Blazerian fake as hell and living a lifestyle that no one lives with money he did not make. It's oh
0: no oh, you hit is, the nail on the head with anyways. that of it's about <laughs> selling a lifestyle so that's why these companies use like influencer marketing more than anything else because it's like you can be like me. You know, it's the whole thing of like, this has always been marketing of like, you can be like this person if you use this product. But now it's like people actually feel like they have a chance at that because it's like, oh, I can connect with this person, you know, online. So they feel like a closer connection with them. Like I have access. I can, you know, DM them on Instagram. It's like people feel this weird connection, um, you know, and it feels a little more real. And so it's almost like, I think that's how Um, you know, the marketing works better on social media because it's like, oh, now it's even easier. You know, it's even more accessible to like live this lifestyle because look, you're already connected with them. This is your friend, you know, on Facebook, on Instagram. And so it's like, yeah, you can of course like live like your friend. Of course you should be influenced by your friend. And it's like using these terms of, you know, like reality of like, oh yeah, friend, but like misguided. Because like that's not what a friend is of like, oh, we can imitate each other until we like make it to the top and you know live these huge lavish lifestyles that we want. It's like, no, a friend is like, yeah, we're both like willing the good of the other and like working towards a mutual goal. But
1: selling a lifestyle. Yeah. You're you're looking at something you wish you had and therefore you're gonna give yeah. it the attention. Yeah. Like who doesn't yeah. wanna be the Dan Blazerian on yacht with beautiful women, like with tons of money? Like yeah. that's that's he literally sold that idea. Over and over again. And then just got meteoric rise. And then, yeah, selling a lifestyle. That was a great way to put it.
0: Yeah. Because it's not even about the product. Like, people don't really care about, like... Like, you know, if I see an influencer online, like, selling, trying to sell a dress... It's like, I don't care about the dress because the way that they talk about it, they're just like, oh, I got this new dress and I really like it and I'm gonna wear it to this. And like, it goes with these, you know, boots that I have and all these things. And you're like, oh my gosh, like I could wear that, you know, to the same event. And like, I'm not even thinking like, oh, they're being paid by this person. You know, it's like, that doesn't go through your head. You're just like, I could wear this on a date night. And oh, that would be super cute. Oh, and then like, I'll have the cute husband and the cute baby and the cute dog that they have, you know, and they're like little McMansion out in who knows where. And Hawaii. It's like, and so that's what's going through your head of like, oh, this dress equals this lifestyle. And so, but that's what people want is they want like the lifestyle that other people have. Oh
3: my yeah. gosh. A lot of people, um, yeah, like you said, they long for something and then they go on, you, you know, whatever <clears throat> social media and they find something similar to it and then they <clears throat> connect with that. And then they start watching more stuff related to that more and more I mean
0: because it starts suggesting it. Yeah. So uh, the right. algorithm is like it yeah. knows oh, so yeah, well. Yeah. 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 So it's like, oh, did you it's like weird. this girl like, with the cute husband and cute dog and cute baby? What about this I mean, one who weird. just so happens to live in Texas it's and like, is exactly the same?
3: It's weird. It's like carbon your, copies. Yeah. It's like your computer is watching you.
0: Oh, it is. <laughs> I mean it is. Like well, it is. Yeah.
3: But, I mean, but true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean look weird. into all the Snowden stuff. It like No, it's like It's like there's this hidden being behind all of this. It's called the government.
0: (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's the government. Well, I mean, the companies developing these algorithms. They buy
0: the information from, yeah, the government. Like, all of this information is sold. So companies um, can buy the way also that um, Facebook and, like, Instagram and all these places make their money, too, is that they sell your data to the advertising agencies mm. and to these companies. So the companies buy like ad space on there, but they also buy like demographic data.
3: Yeah, because whenever I go on Facebook, I see almost it's starting to be like more of the same stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like related in some way. I, li- I have like this. I don't know.
0: So you can actually go yeah. into Facebook settings and see what the Facebook algorithm pushes to you. I forget how to do it, but, like, you can look in, and it'll show all the tags that it's, like, tagged you as. Tag, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) so it's like, oh, Kellen likes all these different things.
1: Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay (laughs) Ramsay kitchen nightmares. Gordon Ramsay (laughs) (laughs) yells donkey. Gordon Ramsay. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Everything. Raiders, raiders, raiders.
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's I just, just it. I look, a I lot, just I look up readers. a lot of the same stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: So Kellen can watch Gordon Ramsay videos every night. I probably made, for the rest I of made, your life.
3: I made dinner tonight and I went straight to the TV and watched Gordon. Ramsay. <laughs> <laughs> that that
1: it's guy knows so, how to use TikTok and other stuff too. Yeah. He's pretty good at it. A lot of
3: people are, I mean, a lot well, of people are, there's a lot of authentic people that use the platform to better their product. But there's also a lot of fake people. Yeah, well, yeah. But
0: you said you're like, oh, Gordon Ramsay knows how to. Gordon Ramsey's not using it. He has a whole marketing team yeah. that is putting this together. And that's what people don't realize is no. that social media seems authentic. You know, they're like, oh, well, this person made the video and they're the one like posting it. No, like what I learned from, you know, working for like, a you know, doing the social media, like influencing job. Um, this wasn't, this was when I like managed um, a business coach's Instagram account. <laughs> and it's like, I was the one pretending to be her in the Instagram DMs. Oh, and on. like people were, you know, messaging her. And I would like respond as if I was her. I was Emily, the one you're doing. Deceiver. Yeah, I know. I was like, <laughs> that's why I stopped. Like, I was offered a full time job with her, and I was like, I can't do this. This is actually really bad. The more I like thought about it. Yeah. And that's like, that was why I quit. Cause there was this one so woman funny. in the DMs that would tell this. Woman that I was working for, all about her divorce and was like going through it all. And she was like, Oh, I just can't wait for this divorce to be finalized so then I can start my like health and wellness business, you know, online. And it was like something, you know, it was like really random. And then she's like, Oh, but I remember this guy that I met in Greece on like a business trip and I can't wait to go out and visit him and like would keep like updating this woman you're, that you're I was working for.
3: All these messages. Yeah. What the heck? And
0: I would have to respond as if I was her. And I did her like, I posted to her Instagram stories, I posted to her like, you know, Instagram feed and all this stuff and like people don't realize that it's not her posting like I wrote her Instagram captions from time to time for her like I you know would like respond to all the comments and stuff I would comment on other people's pages and that's basically if you like have a big following that's what it is is someone else managing it and that's crazy because I don't think most people realize that it's like not as authentic as they think what say
1: you Carl is this late stage (laughs) capitalism enough for you oh gosh um
3: it's crazy. It, the, yeah, the amount of like, fakeness yeah. in it is crazy. But, but
1: people want the fakeness. Yeah. This is the reason yeah. why it's so bad. It's, it's like,
3: attractive for some you know. You know,
1: people really wonder why like, you can build a pyramid. You know? Like, how do they build the pyramids? Like, it probably wasn't just, you know, they, they were all worshiping this <laughs> pharaoh thing. Yeah. Who's <laughs> also a deity who also, you know, if you build this pyramid for him, he's going to, you know, you're going to get all these prosperities of doing it for a God, you know, it's yeah. like at the same time, it's like you're selling. It's this ultimate people think we're done with idol worship. We just shifted from like making golden ones to doing like influencers or whatever. It's just, it's still, <laughs> yeah, right. It's like, like you still, you worship some type of ideal life style. It's yes. a great way to put it of wealth, health, success, social fame. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's the same stuff we've been doing since the beginning of time. It's just, now shifted to the greatest platform in the history of mankind.
0: Yeah, because well, so. it's so it's able to reach so far. And so it's like I can now easily connect with someone in California, you know, that I like wouldn't otherwise be able to like witness their lifestyle. So it's like I can live in middle of nowhere Ohio And be like, oh, I wish I lived on a beach in California, you know? It's like, well, Mm. then move out to the beach in California, (laughs) you know? It's like, if that's what you want, then actually go after it. But the thing is, is that, oh, well, I can follow someone who lives in California. I can follow someone who lives out in the mountains of Alaska. I can follow someone who lives in Paris, you know? And it's the fact that, like, I now don't know what I want because I just envy all these different lifestyles. Mm. And so it's like, I'm not living in a reality and I can just live vicariously through all of them and be dissatisfied with my own life.
1: This whole conversation is really impressed to me. The fact that we have it so good in stupid. Oh, now. yeah, right? <laughs> like, I mean. It's so a true. Real, a real social We're setting. We're off the grid. We, I, mean, I am. I'm I mean, the stupid podcast is probably the only thing on the grid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no. I see you
0: running the Veritas Instagram. Uh, uh,
1: <laughs> Don't lie to de- us. We never deleted that, you know? <laughs> we we had the Instagram debate. And we never uh, delete the Instagram. And now, yeah. now Matt Frederick has liked our Instagram. So <laughs> yeah, right.
0: <laughs> so we have to keep it up. You we know, have to, we, have we have to, to keep pleasing him. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. Um, what a weird world. Yeah. But, I mean, that's you know, I after talking to friends, etc. It's like and talking to John a lot. Okay, I would go back home to what exactly? Like, yeah. I don't like all of my social friends and people are here. It sucks. So family, that's a big question. I I. Re- a video idea that me and John have been having is called the American nomad. This idea that like at this point in time, families are just scattered all across the country and it's such a tragedy. But I think it feeds into being in, like you talked about people, well, you talked about someone with a divorce and like deaths in the family and other stuff. It's like people are so separated that they'll fall for garbage, like throwing all their, you know, attention to some influencer or some lifestyle idea they'll sacrifice family, people they actually love, etc. for this idealized lifestyle that actually no one actually lives.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's it's the other great, thing you were pointing yeah.
1: out. It's a, it's a Dan Blazerian thing where he's he's making all the stuff up for Instagram because you're <laughs> selling the idea.
0: Yeah.
1: It's it's kind of like, you know, MLM stuff too. Well, it's like <laughs> right. pyramid schemes. It's like, you know, you could be your own boss, Kalen. <laughs> <Thank laughs> for know? just
0: 15 minutes a day. You can yeah. work from anywhere on your phone.
1: Mm-hmm. All you got to do is buy, you know, <laughs> 1000 pounds of garbage. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and uh keep it in your garage. The oh reason God. why people and, uh,
3: I mean, the reason why people I think really go on social media and people that actually really want to make a life out of it is that it's basically built on how good you are. Like if you think about it, it's like kinda of like the same thing as real estate. Like the amount of houses you sell is kind of based on how good of a seller you are. Right? Mm-hmm. If you're on social media
0: How many followers you have many, is based on like, how good if, you are at yeah, if using you're
3: the algorithm. Really good, no. Like you're it's only gonna get it's gonna get better. Yeah. Well, I think also another
0: <clears throat> thing is that it's an external affirmation of like your value. So it's, like, oh, well, people are following me. Therefore, like, I'm good. I'm wanted. Like, I'm praised. And so it's, like, these are the things that we're searching for. And so, you know, we talked about, like, social media being this, like, fake reality. And so I think that the reason that it's so popular is because we've, like, disconnected ourselves from reality. And this is, like, also kind of what we were talking about the other week when we were at the fire pit of, like, if you don't acknowledge, like, the presence of, like, the spiritual realm, then, like, you're denying reality because that, like— <coughs> more real than like what's around us. And that's, you know, eternal. And so it's the people denying like the truths of like the spiritual realm and denying like what that gives us, which can actually fulfill like, you know, these deepest longings. And they've searched for it, you know, in what's become this new like fake reality of social media. Because it's like if you turn to the spiritual realm, if you like, you know, actually cultivate a relationship with God, you'll get those things answered. You will be, you know, praised. You'll be glorified. You'll be, you know, affirmed as good. But it's like, if you're not going to recognize that that exists, then you have to go searching for it elsewhere. And we've just decided that social media is the place, you know, that we're going to search for it.
1: But Hadley, we're trying to evangelize with new forms of media.
3: Oh, my it- gosh. Do you think that evangelization through, like, Facebook and Instagram is good? Social
0: media is not the new evangelization. What? Like, the, all the Should people be, that though? say that. Should it be? It's Here's the thing. is like, it's not real and it's not, like, relational. And so people say that it is. You know, they're like, no, but I can connect with people that I wouldn't have before. Like, oh, I can, you know, read, like, these, you know, Catholic influencers post online, you know, it's like, well, how do you think that, why do you think that that person, you know, who's like some college student that's just writing like random, you know, like reflections, why are they like more valuable to read than like the saints? You know, it's like, we have all of these books that have been published. We also just have like personal, intimate prayer. Like why is reading someone else's prayer more important than your own prayer? Um, And so it's the fact that like, it distracts you. And I was listening to one of um, Matt Fradd's podcast episodes. And this was like, you know, a tangent from the main point of the episode. But he was talking about how he'd been talking with someone like, you know, down at Leo's. And he like, I think one of them had their phone on them and the other one had their book, a book on them. And um, they were saying something about like, oh, why is it okay for like one of us to have like, you know, a book on us, but like, oh, the other person shouldn't have their phone on them. You know, it's like, we would be like, oh yeah, it's fine to have a book on the table, but like, you know, it takes away from the conversation to have your phone the on phone? the table.
1: Oh, wow. That's
0: interesting. So it's like, why, you know, why do we allow one over the other? Cause it's both just like access to information. Sure. Right. Um, but what they came to the conclusion of is like, your phone has a hold on you. So like, you know, that that phone, you know, like can access anything. So it's like, oh, if I need to like look something up, I can do that. If I need to like show you a picture, you know? Um, but it's also like anyone can reach you at any time. Through that phone. So you're like having it on the table is basically apprehending like, oh, I'm going to get a notification, you know, whether that be from social media, whether that be a text, an email, whereas a book, it's like you have to desire to like look through the book Mm. and like go through that, you know, it's hidden. Exactly. It's like you it has to be like an active, you know, like act Mm -hmm. of the will to be like, no, I'm going to like turn from this conversation and like open this book and just read, which like you wouldn't do if you're like in the middle of a conversation with someone versus like, oh, I'm having a conversation with someone. Oh, I get a text message notification. I'm going to look down at that. You know, it's like, that's just how it's been programmed to be. Um, and so it's the fact that like social media has a hold on us because that's how it's been programmed to be. And so it weakens your will because you're not choosing it. You're not choosing to be on there, you know? So it's like, sure, there can be good things on there. Like, I'm not going to say that, you know, oh, someone writing, like, um, you know, a beautiful, like, reflection <laughs> on a spiritual reading is bad. I'm not going to say that, like, oh, they're, like, bad, you know, that all images on there are bad. Or that, like, someone sharing, you know, like, quotes from a saint is bad. But it's the fact that, like, you're not choosing it. You go on social media not knowing what you're going to see. Like, yeah. it's not intentional. You don't know what the algorithm is going to push out to you. Mm-hmm. And so it's just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. So you're just going on there to basically, like, Find something to fill your boredom.
3: Hadley, you're brilliant. <laughs> this work is. Think about how different life would be if we were, let's say, in the 1960s, 70s. No phones, like no cell phones, nothing. Like, they made life work then. Yeah. So why can't we do that now? No, exactly. Think about that for a second, because it's like.
0: What's well, the expectation is there? So like I was I remember um, I hate text messages like that is exemplified by the fact that I have about like 80 unread texts on my phone right now. It's really sad. Um, so anyone out there that I have not replied to, I'm I apologize. Come and talk to me in person. I promise I do want boss. to talk to you. Yeah. Right. Like, um, but it's a fact that like. I think that because people have phones, we believe that we can be gluttonous of other people's time. So it's like, I can reach you whenever, and I expect you to respond whenever because I can reach you then. Versus like, and so it's so easy for me to do that, and then it's so easy for me to get annoyed at you for not responding right away. Because I'm like, well, you have your phone on you. I know you saw the message. But it's like, what I really hate is people thinking then that they have access to me. And I'm like, no, I'm in the middle of actually talking with people that are around me. You know, it's like, I'm not going to respond to you. And it's like, I'm not going to like have an intimate, you know, text conversation, like conversation with you over text. It's just not the forum for it. And so I hate when people try and do stuff like that, you know, of like, oh, we're going to have an actual conversation. I'm like, give me a phone call if we're not in person or come and like actually spend time with me. But this idea that like, oh, you can reach me at any time and I'm obligated to respond is like, you know, pretty gluttonous of other people's time, I'd say.
3: Why can't we just return to the old times? Cause we it's impossible. Uh, it's impossible to because we we've built industrial this society and its
1: consequences <clears throat> has been a destruction for humanity. Good old Unabomber. <laughs> well, wait, was he the Unabomber or Tek Brzezinski? Anyways. Uh Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't send package bombs to people because you think industrial society and its consequences have been detrimental for humanity. Don't do that.
0: (laughs) We'll try our best. Listen Mm
1: -hmm. to the Colin Alex show, you know, (laughs) don't, don't send bombs and packages. Uh, Okay. So Gen Z specifically, we, we've pointed out like dominates it, Mm -hmm. the social space thing.
0: Cause you notice like millennials like don't dominate it. They're not the ones. Yeah. yeah. And it's so weird because it's like, they're the ones that were older when like social media, you know, came about. So you would think like that they're the ones who know how to use it better, you know, like understand kind of like social cues and stuff like that more. They're also the people that are building it. And they're the people that are like working in those fields yet Mm. somehow they're not the ones that are dominating it.
1: Yeah, they're not the actual influencers. Yeah, so yeah. it's
0: like they're catering to like, it's so crazy. Imagine being like a 27-year-old, you know, like you work at some tech job and you have to email 13-year-olds asking if they want to like, you know, in or advertise this product for you. Like that's really weird. And you're like, here's the contract for, you know, $1,500 to like make a TikTok video with this, you know, one makeup brush.
1: And you're going, woo.
0: And the- yeah, right? yeah <laughs> and it's just
1: insane uh this is uh such a depressing
3: I mean, it it's is. like it
1: oh is man depressing. we're screwed <laughs> yeah but i mean
3: social media has made it to where we don't know how to fulfill our time the best
0: because we're we because don't we're, like being yeah. bored we're yeah. not
3: okay with being bored I mean, when's but, the, I mean when's the last time i went and took a walk instead of being on my phone
1: when was it, Kellen? Yeah, <laughs> <us> now. <laughs> I mean, you're the only one to answer that. Oh, is
3: around here? Has Kellen been walking recently? I mean, uh, I don't know. It's an yes. addiction. It's a severe addiction
0: because it has a hold on you. So it's like you. Which is crazy. You think? Yeah. That,
3: you think that like, oh, I'm a, I'm a grown ass man. Like I can. Just, I <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I'm. I don't. Like, but it just somehow comes back to you Mm -hmm. and you start doing it more and and it's mindless
0: as a thing so i noticed like i at the end of last semester so probably like may i was like you know what i'm gonna like delete my instagram like totally not just like you know oh log out of like (laughs) the account or like delete the app i'm going to delete my account like entirely and because i was like i can't say that i'm like detached from it if i'm not willing to do that um and so i went ahead and i just like deleted it And it was really interesting, like, at first, because there would be a lot of things, you know. And I noticed um, habits that I'd, like, cultivated that involved Instagram. So it's, like, I would, you know, I think the first few days, it was, like, I would be bored. Like, I'd be reading a book, and I'd get bored. Or I'd be doing homework, and I'd get bored. And I'd, you know, just instinctively, like, go to my phone and just, like, click where Instagram was. And I was, like, oh, this is so embarrassing. You know, it's, like, that, like, phantom Instagram. And then, like, another thing was noticing that, like, when someone told me, you know, about a person. They'd be like, "Oh, like I met this person or do you know this person?" I'm like, "Oh, I think I followed them on Instagram." You know, it's like I would go to like look them up and then I'm like, "Oh, wait, like I don't know this person at all." It's like if I can't definitively be like, "Yeah, I've met this person, you know, like I've talked with them, I know who they are." Like then it's weird for me to be like following their lives on Instagram because as we've said, you know, it's like it's not real. So it's weird how people, you know, meet people that way. And it's a very common thing. Like there were a ton of students at Franciscan that I followed that that I'd never like met in real life. And so it's just like a really weird thing how we can, you know, become so like addicted to it and like part of our lives. So then I finally, I did, I have to admit, I did end up um, making a new account at the end of the summer. and it's been a total different like usage of it though. And so I only like I delete the Instagram app like every so often. I've kept the account, but it's like, I really do have to say, I do enjoy taking pictures. I do enjoy having like that kind of like scrapbook almost, but i totally pared down on like who I follow. I only follow people that I like actually know in person or like, you know, accounts that I find is like inspiration for certain things that I'm trying to work on. So like, you know, it's like, oh, if I'm trying to do like art or baking or something like that, you know, things that it's like, I'm trying to do this in person and like, you know, this person's already doing it. They can like be, you know, a tool for me. Um, but it's like, I'll, I notice when I'm just like mindlessly using Instagram and that's immediately when I'm like, got to delete the app, like can't be on here. Hmm. Um, And it's, yeah, and it's crazy because I thought, like, oh, yeah, well, I've spent, you know, a whole summer without it. Like, I've, you know, um, outgrown the addiction. Like, I'm fine. You know, it doesn't have a hold on me. Like you said, it's like, I'm a grown person. I can do this. Um, But it's like.
3: Keeps coming back.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because it does have a hold on you. And that's the way it's built to be. Um, Because what it does, too, is it stops you from, like, thinking. You can't think about (laughs) anything else when you're just, like, mindlessly scrolling. And so, you know, like, I'll go on there because I'm like, oh, like I'm bored. I don't know what to do right now. Here, I'll go on Instagram while I try and think of something to do. It's like you never end up thinking of something to do because it has your attention. Um, and so it diverts you from the fact that like you're bored and doing nothing and that there are friends around you that are doing something and you could go and hang with them.
1: I keep quoting this book. Gabriel's read it. I have not. But uh, it's called a capitalistic realism. And one of the main points he makes in the book is we can't imagine anything differently Mm -hmm. and i think in the same way with (laughs) the social media and like if you if you put google and facebook and like they they represent the vast majority of all wealthy united states of america i think it's somewhere up in the uh, if you include apple you're up to like five trillion dollars or something like that like more than the gdp of the us in a year so we've we've as a society put massive amounts of our wealth to this thing and Like you can't I I cannot imagine a year in any part of the future that does not include some type of online social space. Yeah. And what seems to be the progress, yeah. what seems to be the progress is more and more of the wealth of our our whole society is being siphoned out of what used to be social spaces and social settings, et cetera, and into more of the online space. Now, at the same time, like you you pointed out, like you still need physical, like people still value physical places and beautiful mm-hmm. places and et cetera. But I can't if we're we're you know, we're saying like all these these things that what the vast majority of the users are using it not <laughs> well, like the technology is ruling their lives in some ways, but the difficulty is like we can't imagine not having it anymore. Yeah. And <clears throat> I think Josh was reading Neil Postman. I don't know if you yeah, read Postman technopoly. as well. Technocracy. Or Technopoly. Yeah. yeah. Technocracy is one of them. The progress of a society to from uh, just having tools be incorporated into the culture.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: then there's a move. So that's just a regular, well-functioning society. And then you have a technocracy where basically technology is used by the ruling classes as, as, like, um, as tools of their power technopoly is when the technology determines the power changes. Yeah. So like, that basically you can't keep up fast enough. And I think this has happened in the U S like, oh, like Facebook, Google, Microsoft run the United States of America. They like, but China, <laughs> what China's done recently. I don't know if you've seen, like they crashed their Chinese stocks because they realized that the power is being shifted away from them to companies. And so they'll do stuff like, I'm sorry, Jack Ma, you know, founder of Alibaba, you're off the grid. Now you're, you're coming from some training. <laughs> come yeah. to Beijing right and they're scared of like the fact that Donald Trump went from president of the United States to literal boomer nobody in Florida now like that happened because of companies yeah literally doing that to him because the social space is so dominant like the real power like you're talking about is so dominated online that you can take the president of the United States and just yeah. make him nothing wipe anymore. him yeah, wipe exactly. him from the universe because the universe is now online yeah it's <laughs> insane isn't it crazy yeah, yeah well yeah. but we can't imagine it otherwise
3: because it's like this is the um, the
1: realism part of this is mm-hmm. it's it's our new reality so yeah
0: dr poyta was talking in class about how like yeah it used to be that like you would have a need and then you would create a technology to fill that need it was basically a tool whereas nowadays it's all about just creating technology and you know like um the progress you know it's like oh we've got to like Make this technology bigger and better and newer. Um, and it's all about a focus on like filling this need for technology, and then letting that technology dictate what we need. And that's like really insane that we're gonna let you know Facebook decide what it is that we need in our lives. And apparently, you know, these major tech companies have decided that Donald Trump's tweets are not what we need in our lives. You know, and it's just like crazy Granted, that they they're have the power. Now, I need my yeah, service. exactly. But- well,
3: these companies are highly liberal.
0: Yeah, exactly. They're,
3: they're very very Well, I think like, I don't it's even funny. Know if so actually anymore. they're like so, they're what's the far left? Communist. <laughs> well, no, they're like <laughs> hey, some communist. No, it so goes back to postmodernism just, stuff. They're, just, they're just, hardcore. just hardcore
0: Yeah, they're just hardcore they're the capitalists. Most capitalist. Yeah, so yeah. it's all about the money. <clears throat> so if money was in the, you know, like conservative message they would promote that. So they have the power to like, it's basically just the fact that like, oh, being liberal, being like a hipster, you know, being like um, this like left wing um, activist is what's popular and trendy. And that's where the money is right now. And so they, you know, manipulate the algorithm to promote those posts, to make more money. If it were the other way around, you know, like the conservative pro-life movement being what was where the money was at, that's what would be, you know, all over your Instagram feed. And wow. that's like so but insane. We'll
1: yeah, I mean, where do you, like New York and L.A. and San Fran? All the money's there. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the rich people go to the cities. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know? And then, <laughs> and then you know, you're not going to get it from you know, middle Ohio. You know, <laughs> but at the same time, it's um, <laughs> you know, people are always wondering like, why is Gen Z so like communist and liberal and all this stuff? And they're they're using social media, yeah. etc. And then at the same time, the same people who are like this older generation who are like a uh, very like why is the younger generation why don't they you know they're also completely invested in all the companies that are bringing about the liberalization of their kids mm-hmm. you know like yeah. they're all like all their money's poured into it's a Facebook on, a Google the S&P 500 yeah. like yeah. all of their all of their like long-term investments are basically the ones with the biggest returns which are the ones that are turning their children liberal yeah cuz
0: it's all you know, about money it's all so about it's money. like yeah i'm no, no, no. going another
1: like great postmodern moment AOC at the New York Gala. Oh yeah, with right, the tax, tax the rich, the rich yeah. But like, it's it is twenty five thousand so dollars
0: for a table, you know, for that event. It's like several thousand for a ticket. Like her dress was several thousand dollars, and it's like it's the irony is crazy in that. No, but it's
1: it's like the height of postmodern irony. It's like it's so great. It's like wow, they're so it's basically unashamed, just completely unabashed, um, posturing with. Like moral posturing, but you're—it's um, all about power and money, anyways. And you're just kind of like trolling the whole system, like, yeah, I have a ton of power and money, but tax the rich.
0: Yeah. And uh, apparently, I saw that she has like um, sweatshirts or something for sale on her like official website that say, I think tax rich or something along those lines, and it's like eighty-four dollars for a oh, sweatshirt. I
1: know who you're talking
0: it's, about. Yeah.
3: I saw that she had a white dress on the other day. Yeah, right? yeah. Alexandra Ocasio. Yeah. How she... gender, Akashur, Patel, yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, that's oh yeah, she's. A... Ding
1: dong. <laughs> a representative from New York. Um, yeah. Okay. That's right, tax the rich. and
3: freaking millionaires. Oh,
0: yeah. By well, we
1: dealt point. with the first talk. Not <laughs> <too>. <laughs> Well, I mean, it goes right into how addictions ruin your spiritual life by limiting your freedom. Like, we basically address oh, that as well, yeah. which is just like...
0: Because it's like you can't choose the good if something else is pulling on you so that you don't have a choice. So it's like, yeah, if I can't, you know, actually make time for prayer because social media has a pull on me, no matter how many things you like read on social media that are prayerful, so to speak, no matter how many like saints quotes you read or like, you know, reflections on the readings from like Catholic influencers, it's like, that's not a relationship with God. You cannot have a relationship with God through the screen, just through reading other people's things. And so if that's, what's got to hold on you, you're never going to like grow your spiritual life.
1: And here's the other part. Your relationship with God is mediated through the people around you.
0: Yeah, community. Yeah, exactly. You have to have a community to be able to like order you towards the good. Because that's the other thing of like, you know, education is just like rightly ordering your desires. That's like what it is, you know, at its core. And so you have to be educated by those around you. And so if everyone around you is promoting social media and they're like, oh yeah, you should get on Instagram, like follow this account, follow that account. It's like they're ordering your desires in the wrong way. And so that's why it's important to like, you know, be around other people that aren't addicted to things that have no addictions, um, because they are able to like help you properly order your desires, educate you towards the good. Wow.
3: Oh uh, hey, you, you, In order to gosh. get educated, you need to be educated by someone else. Eventually it's someone else, you know?
0: I mean? Yeah, no, it, it starts, you know, like with your parents and then yeah. like with your friends. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So what, yeah.
1: And even more than educate, yeah. like education, yes. I mean, we wouldn't have, the only way we have access to Christ is through the traditions of and the people in the church that exactly. have been passed down all the way to Passing us. it down, yeah. But I mean, it's the ecclesial, the, church, yeah, exactly. yeah, the ecclesial setting. Like you, I mean, you first in a family setting, you receive everything, your faith, your life, et cetera, and then like your access to your access to God is also mediated through all the people who you've come in contact with that are mediating the good to you. It's this whole mm-hmm. hierarchy of being of like Dionysius, the Areopagite and stuff. It's like, you mm. you were existing, <laughs> basically, yeah, the, the Christian ideal is the social in harmony with Christ and mm-hmm. living the law of Christ and, and grace and living it out socially in the church, ecclesially. Yep.
0: And it's, yeah, and, it's And if you can it.
1: destroy the social, then you, like there's no ability for the church... Tr- church technically you can't have a virtual church oh that's
0: okay so yeah i was just about to say that of like or
1: virtual sacraments yeah. yeah
0: so the liturgy is so important because the way that it is set up it's like ordered solely towards worship of god like that's the only like Purpose of the liturgy. Yes, it has other effects, you know, of like forming your personality and like, you know, forming you as a human. But it's like the purpose of the liturgy is for like worship of God. And that's why it's like, that's the highest form of worship. And that's why, you know, it's important to like be at mass. And it's just not done through a screen. And I think that that in and of itself should also then open the door for us to see, like, social media is not, like, a prayerful place. Social media is not, like, ordering you towards the good. And, Mm. like, we can see that, you know, just through, like, the whole pandemic of, like, virtual church.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people, I mean, yeah. We didn't have any choice, right? So that was the only way that we could do it. Um, And so I think that's what what a lot of people would say, you know, the whole spiritual communion thing. You're not really, you're not physically receiving Jesus, but you are through technology. And so I think I can understand why a lot of people were frustrated. They wanted to go to mass, right? Because that's our foundation. That's who we are. That's how we live our life. Is That's the starting point. And so I, you know, <clears throat> it was really hard and it created this division in the Catholic church. I, yeah. think. I think it really did. Um a lot of people were torn apart because they couldn't go to mass. I mean, I know people back where I live at home who go to mass every single day, daily mass every single day. I can't even imagine what was going through their heads when they realized that they couldn't do that. And granted, I know a lot of priests who did like underground stuff, mm-hmm. which is really cool. but um I mean it's like it's like church is an addiction. Like I know, I know that sounds.
2: <laughs> know it, sounds not, it is. Where, not, where are you going with this? But it's a
3: different addiction than social media, I think, because because I think church is a I natural. I get what you're saying. Add- <laughs> it's like it's yeah. Like a okay. addiction, right? It's something. No, that no. It, it, it it's like it, all of what you're looking you.
1: for. Yeah. yeah exactly. Found, yeah. I mean, it's meant to be. A, yeah. It's it's meant to be all of it's your meant to be desires. An yeah. All of your desires are yeah. meant to be terminated in yeah. the yeah. liturgy, yeah. and they're also to find <laughs> their source. It's
0: a spiritual yeah. addiction. I think think the whole thing of like the virtual church also goes back to like people denying that the spiritual realm exists because it's the whole thing of like, oh, our like physical life is more important than our spiritual life. So people were like, oh, I'm like not willing to risk like bodily death to like go to mass, but I'm willing to risk like a spiritual death, you know? It's like people, I think that we lost a lot of Catholics because of the whole like virtual church. I think a lot of people now think like, oh, well, I can go to church, you know, online. Why should I ever go back in person? This is more convenient for me. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, got frustrated with like their parishes over this. I think a lot of people, you know, like ended up, like, leaving, you know, and, like, ended up not caring again. Um, Because I think a lot of people just, like, assume also. They're like, oh, yeah, like, my church is still closed, you know, or, oh, the dispensation is still there, so, like, I don't have to go anymore. You know, it's like, well, yeah, it was never a, you know, like, it shouldn't have ever been like, oh, I have to go to church. It's like a, no, I love God, and, like, this is the highest way to worship him. I should want to do that because it is just to give him his due, you know. Um, and so I think it's like funny how we're totally, you know, all scared about like dying physically yet. Like so many people, I would say more people have died spiritually over COVID than have died physically. Wow.
3: Wow. Spiritual death through that. Hmm. That's interesting.
1: Uh, I love being in student (laughs) bull. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) After talking about this, like, uh, so I've, I've talked with numerous friends about the, uh, have you ever been like in St. Joe's Center where they have they have this uh, this whole area where they used to have like the old signs of Studentville, like of, of the college?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. the
1: university. It used to say College of Studentville, right? And they had like multiple editions of that. They have like old school, like people in downtown with like these, you know, old school cars, like Well Done Barons as one yeah. of the signs and stuff like that. And, um, you know, it was a downtown college. And then it was like, okay, College of Studentville, College of Studentville. And then when they moved up the hill, it was, you know, uh, the and then they it was the University of Studentville when they moved up the hill originally. And then it was Franciscan University of Steubenville. And then the last sign was just Franciscan University. Like, no, like, I mean, it is of Studentville, but like, you know, no, it's just Franciscan yeah. University. And there was this whole movement, and it came concurrent with, um, you know, American movements of these old cities that used to have industry and production, and then that moved on elsewhere, right? And uh, and then you have this suburb, you know, making a suburb, right? And then Franciscan basically became like like a mall, you know. It was kind of like <laughs> people all went to there and then went all the way out back to the wherever they were. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was a destination school with like no outreach with the city or anything else. Yeah. And now we're moving into the maybe maybe the third stage where it's people are realizing like, oh wait, Up if we go to Franciscan. And we have this like you know glorified retreat university experience, and over four years, and then we send everyone back to be assimilated back into the culture. Oh well, we've known for a while now that the culture is pretty like garbage. So what are we going to do about that?
3: Should we assimilate us into the garbage? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what it seems like. Yeah, that seems like, yeah, yeah. We,
2: we just
1: do it worse than everyone. Like, okay, if if the power and everything is you know whatever online and social and. Uh, social media stuff and whatever like we just do that worse than everyone mm-hmm. else we don't do technical degrees better than anyone or our our you know computer science etc like our best like you know maybe mainstream thing is nursing yeah but like we just do everything worse so so this whole like retreat center thing of university is just it's being outplayed and now what we're seeing is with people like matthew Frederick and others and jacob E mom <laughs> <laughs> moving to Steubenville. It's like, oh, okay. Well, actually, the community itself, you're you you're finding it in pockets. So I think there's a pocket in my parish in San Diego. I've heard good stories about Dallas, Virginia Beach, apparently. Like there's other places, but mm-hmm. people are realizing like DC oh. DC has a good Catholic community. Really, I okay. Played, yeah. But like intentional living near each other in mm-hmm. opposition to a social media age. And then what's cool about us is we have the intellectual, like academic side with Franciscan, mm-hmm. the professors, and the Harmonium Project guys. Shout yeah, revitalization. Larkins, yeah. And then Josh and other people are living here and stuff. So,
0: well, think,
2: about, but it, it's
1: not, it's not a, you know, taking over the downtown of a city to make an economic district. It's yeah. like, it's a.
0: Well, it's about creating a culture. So it's yeah. like, where's a place that virtue can flourish, you know, and how do we do that? So, you know, talking about like owning productive property. Like that's ordered towards the good of the community. And like one of those ways is through businesses, you know? So it's like, if I open a business on fourth street, it's like, well, it's serving the community around me. And I'm not doing that just for the purpose of, you know, making quick buck or something like that. Cause I would not be living in Steubenville, you know, to like make yep. a lot of money. And so it's very intentional, like of being all, you know, serving each other and working together.
3: Well, think about, I don't know any other place in the entire United States that has such a special university. And such a town, a crazy town. <laughs> like oh, back. a crazy <laughs> indeed. No, yeah. <laughs> like, if you if you brought any person here, they'd say Stu a dumb. I mean, I mean, it, it is adults, when I first
0: it, moved here, so I had never visited the campus before I transferred here. And so I transferred it. It was spring semester. So it was like January when I came up. And we, I guess, had driven like up from Wheeling mm-hmm. um, the mm-hmm. way that we'd come up. And it's like, the. so we're passing all of these like industrial plants. There are no, you know, leaves on the trees or anything. It's like overcast and gray. Mm-hmm. And I'm driving up and I'm like. What did I get myself into? <laughs> this I'm like everyone said yep. great things about Franciscan and Steubenville and whatnot. And I'm like, this was a terrible mistake. Wait, this yep. is the, Hadley, where
3: are you from?
0: I'm from Atlanta. Oh, okay. So like not, you know, Midwest, not like used to this whole industrial area. Um, and so I was totally like, I made the wrong decision. Student bill's the grossest place I've ever seen in my life. I'm getting out of here right after college. And now I'm like, Bill forever. Okay, everyone. Like, I've tried so hard to convince all of my friends, like, within the past five weeks to stay here. McKenna can attest to that. Like, I've, like, <laughs> given her a whole, like, life plan of how she can stay here. So
3: Well, it, like I was saying, it's the most unique combination because you have such an amazing school and you have – you know, a dump of a town. But, I mean, it, it is a dump, but it's like, it's a good dump. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, We're working on it. We're working on it.
1: Church you know, is an addiction. Seville's ex- <laughs> <laughs> a good dump.
3: Uh, okay. like No, but it, I get it. it. It's just a good way to but yeah. good way There's to no it. other place that has such a unique combination in that. And that works in our favor because we can bring, we have ministries. Mm-hmm. We can bring people into the streets and we can evangelize and, I mean, it works. It's a strange combination, but it works.
1: missions of peace. Listen up, we have an announcement. <laughs> Anyways, uh, did Curtis? I I didn't read his whole article in the Gauntlet. Did you see this? Oh this yeah, article? I read okay. it. Okay, yeah, it was about mm-hmm. ap- It was about apathy yeah, actually. Yeah, apathy's mom. But okay, we've ranted a few times about missions of peace. The uh, I think you, maybe you were the first one to, to talk to me about like the mission trips that are basically Instagram. Oh trips.
0: yeah, exactly, voluntourism. Yeah. What? What is it? Voluntourism. Voluntourism. So people, Voluntourism. so specifically like high school and college students that sign up for mission trips out of the country so that they can either go to a beach, travel to a cool oh, place, man. or get Instagram pictures with like orphans, you know, like malnourished orphans. You're like, this is exploiting them. Like, why do we think that this is okay?
3: I'm starving, but what's
0: up? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It's all for the oh. social currency because again, Come it's like on, an affirmation that really you are good. That? They do. We do that. All these girls from my high school specifically would go um to like a Peru mission trip, I think, or a Venezuela a Nicaragua. That's where they went. Um, and they would like all post these pictures with the orphans there. And I'm like, this is disturbing. Like these kids have no clue, you know, what social media is. They have no clue that they're being like, you know, posted online. Um, but I know that like definitely, you know, college students all over do it too. But it's for that affirmation of like that you are good. You're good. You know, because it's like, it's not enough to like just go down there and like do the mission, you know, it's like, because to them, that's not like an affirmation of like their goodness. Um. So they have to like post it online to get other people, you know, to like the photo and comment on it and be like, oh, that's so great that you did this. I'm so proud of you, you know? And it's like, I think people do it to like a less, well, I don't know if it's a lesser degree. It could be the same with like doing, you know, just like, oh, I'm doing a life team mission year, you know? And everyone then like affirms you for that. It's like, If You're such a great person Instead for like, blank. you know, leading a weekend high school retreat. Like, you know, it's like rather than, but you wouldn't go and like help out the people in downtown Steubenville. You know, it's like you this will go.
2: How many
1: thousands of dollars do you think they raise? Like, oh, so
0: much! It's insane the amount of money. Like, think about a plane it's ticket. It's
1: probably you gotta know? be. Well, I mean, it's how many? How many people? There. How it's many like, people are missions apiece? No, it's, not, it's not a couple thousand. It's probably like it's gotta be like almost fifty k. Probably well, even because it's, it's
0: like five thousand dollars, I think, for you to like go on a mission trip. Three oh, thousand and five thousand. That's like, what I
1: was saying. You're kidding.
0: Well, yeah. think about a plane <laughs> Wait, ticket. Five times. You know?
1: A hundred people—that's half a million dollars. Dude,
3: we can go try Korean, Korean street food Wait, for all that, bro. That's half a
1: million dollars. Yeah, dude,
3: we can.
1: <laughs> <do that. laughs> dude, half a million dollars for <laughs> volunteerism.
3: Wait a minute, not half a million.
1: You said three. five five thousand dollars per for a hundred people. Oh my gosh!
3: Yeah, I know. I was like, "There's no way that math is right, people? Alex." But Wait a hundred people on one mission.
1: No, I mean, how many people are in missions of peace? Oh, oh, is it, it's long. less no than hundred, maybe. I have
3: no
0: clue, and it may not be as high okay. as five thousand, but it's at least like a couple I, I thousand. Think, I think it's like
3: three thousand. or something. Yeah. Okay, well,
1: anyways, That's
3: still point a lot being, of money, I though.
1: don't want to. I at the same time, I'm being like, I've I've known people who've gone on the missions, etc. And I'm not gonna. What I'm what we're talking about is like, why are we doing this instead? Like, why are we following this like missions of peace thing instead of like doing very more, much more permanent yeah. things?
0: Well, it's all about Nick
1: Largan's point sounds like no a mission is a lifetime endeavor you know um mm. so the little bit i spent in africa um i went to this <laughs> i went to this mission <laughs> that was in tanzania here's my mission story all right um was
3: this the one about i didn't the... post it
1: on instagram all right but the... <laughs> this is in it was in north tanzania and there were uh two gravestones near this like old school uh mission church and there were two americans who in like the twenties or something like that, just left everything they had. And father told me they were from like Nebraska or something like that. And they went to Africa and they joined, I think it was the White Fathers, because they had like this huge, huge thing in Africa. And they they literally built a parish in so they were trying to minister to the Maasai tribe, which is in Tanzania and Kenya, but they're nomadic. So whenever you build a parish, they just move on, right? So they were just Jeez. like, well, we gotta live somewhere. So they like build this parish and they just like were like trying to like,
3: hey, convert. Stay. Stay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and they died there. That was what a real mission is. It's like, you know, you go your entire life. You, yeah, You can't do a mission where you show up and even if you just hand them money or something or you build a house. Yeah, it just doesn't
0: like, have the okay, same effect. Well, a lot of people want It's not a permanent thing. Because um, it's about relationship yeah, yeah. and you can't build a relationship when you're there for two weeks.
1: At the same time, like, you know, there is still value for like seeing a place, but please don't call it a mission. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe there's maybe there's just qualms there. Or the fact that it's like you call up all your friends and families and, you know, t- tell them to pay for you to do this. I don't know. Maybe that's where we have beef. I, I didn't know this podcast would the this direction, but
3: <laughs> shout yeah, out, right? mission <laughs> of Peace. We're going. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, it's that people are willing to like outsource their, you know, outsource their, um, charity work. So it's like, I'm not willing to like do something in my own home. I'm not willing to do something, you know, like for my children and stuff like that. I'm not willing to do something for my community or even like my neighbor, you know, my friends, but I am willing to like go out of the country because, you know, it looks good and like Mm. sounds a whole lot better. But I think it goes along with like, we outsource, you know, everything else. People outsource their kids' education, you know, they outsource, um, like, everything, you know, on social media is, like, a form of outsourcing. You know? It's like, oh, I outsource my, um, you know, like, prayer life to somebody else on social mm. media to, like, you know, basically pray yeah. for me. Um, and so, it's just, it goes along with culture. It fits right in.
1: And notice how, like, <laughs> what's their problem? Just poverty in this general <laughs> Yeah, sense. right. You know what I mean? It's just like, only if only they had more money. Well, we have the money and we're so generous. You know, it's know. Yeah. Like, I mean, we, we have a lot, you there. know, what was it? Mother Teresa, when she came and like gave a speech at Harvard and whatever, it was like, you think the third world's poor? I've seen real poverty, which is the poverty of a nation that kills her own children.
3: Oh, yeah. And like
1: spiritual <clears throat> poverty. And I, yeah, I mean, your your parents got to like work with Mother Teresa and stuff, mm-hmm. but they probably know better. But I mean, it's just like.
3: They did a lot of medical work with her. in India. I, I tell Wow, you, that's stuff, so cool. Stuff that they saw. Oh, my gosh. Mother Teresa was the kind of person that like went into this ab- would go into like an abandoned bathroom area and just clean the toilets because she wanted to. She wanted to clean the dirtiest things, and she she wanted to do that. It's like, I like, you can't even I mean, set foot in mean, cleaning uh, your bathroom. <laughs> 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 it's crazy. Uh, I don't know, but oh my gosh, yeah, it's it's so true. A nation that kills its own children. Oh, it's so. Weird.
1: <laughs> I mean, oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, keep. There's a Dostoevsky quote. It's so funny because like there have been people writing. We're we're doing the same project that's been going on since the West has lost the lost the faith, Mm -hmm. and it's just taken different forms. Like we had this little like blip of religiosity in the U.S. that happened like post war in World War II, but past that, it's just been like this continuation of this. And it's not progress in any type of way. It's uh... Yeah,
0: because the only way religion comes back in is, like, if it becomes a trend, you know? It's like, oh, it's popular to, you know, like, post about it on Instagram. So, therefore, you know, it's like you... All of a sudden, you know who's, like, Christian when, like, Christmas and Easter roll around because people are, like, you know, they post something. It's like they post a... Instagram picture for Easter and they're like, he has risen. Alleluia. You know? And you're like, oh my gosh. But then they haven't even like gone to mass, you know? Or it's Mm -hmm. like, they just go on Easter but like don't go for the entire Triduum or like Holy Week. And you're just like, hmm, you know? We just don't understand. And we just are like culturally religious
2: Mm.
0: to the extent that like it's socially acceptable.
1: And when it becomes socially unacceptable, you know? Yeah. um,
0: Then it's out.
3: I want to... There's another topic I saw in there is imagination.
0: Oh yeah, There's, imagination okay, and the will. I wanna
3: do that because I, I like imagination.
0: Okay. Yeah. So there was an article <laughs> that I had read about imagination being like the strongest force to form the will. And I felt like that went really well with social media and how that has weakened the will. Hmm. Um, because what it's done is like either a sturdied the imagination or B, just like turned off the imagination. Mm. So now it's like, you don't have to imagine anything Mm -hmm. because you can just go and like, look at how other people are like living their lives, you know, and just like use that. And so you don't have to like think you don't have to, you know, create anything yourself and like decide, you know, like try and figure out, okay, what is like the good What should I be ordered to? Because it's like you can find so many different other people telling you what is the good and what you should be ordered to, Mm. and they're all wrong, you know. Because it's like we've said this fake reality. Like you can't be ordered to anything that's temporal, Um, and so we need to like revitalize the imagination.
3: I believe it. My mind is okay. My mind is easily (laughs) fascinated. Like you could say something, and I'll be like, "Oh, that's really cool. You know, it's this is interesting." But it's so true because like imagination, if you're going for that, that means you're like, it's like you're purposely forgetting what you know and diving into something that is completely unknown.
0: Well, you're diving into something that's more true than what you can experience around you.
3: Right. So Mm -hmm. if we say, let's, we'll say, imagine this, right? We're diving into something that we don't really know it's just so interesting because i don't know it's it's just a wow factor for me i don't know like imagination like heaven it's it's like heaven is imagination right because we can only imagine it because we don't know what it's like Mm -hmm. and we do know what it's like but we don't know i found it unless we're there oh you found
2: it.
1: this goes to imagination okay i hope possibly we'll see we'll see. He was writing this in 1880. Uh, Let's just go to this. So the spiritual world, the higher part of man's being is rejected altogether, dismissed with a sort of triumph, even with hatred. The world has proclaimed the reign of freedom, especially of late. But what do we see in this freedom of theirs? Nothing but slavery and self-destruction. For the world says you have desires and so satisfy them. For you have the same rights as the most rich and powerful. Don't be afraid of satisfying them and even multiply your desires. That is the modern doctrine of the world, in that they see freedom. And what follows from this right of multiplication of desires? In the rich, isolation and spiritual suicide. In the poor, envy and murder. For they have been given rights, but have not been shown the means of satisfying their wants. They maintain that the world is getting more and more united, more and more bound together in brotherly community, as it overcomes distance and sets thoughts flying through the air. Alas, put no faith in such a bond of union. Interpreting freedom as the multiplication and rapid satisfaction of desires, men distort their own nature. For many senseless and foolish desires and habits and ridiculous fancies are fostered in them. They live only for mutual envy, for luxury and ostentation. To have dinners, visits, carriages, rank, and slaves to wait on one is looked upon as a necessity, for which life, honor, and human feeling are sacrificed, and men even commit suicide if they are unable to satisfy it. Dude, what
0: Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Like, oh, I mean, it's just like social media. It's it's right yeah, there. Yeah, um, it's
0: entirely that. They live
1: only for mutual envy for luxury and ostentation. It's just, it's one big mutual envy show. And, um okay, but we can't imagine it otherwise because that's all we think reality is. Yeah. Is, I mean, like at the very end, you know, like to have dinners, visits, carriages, ranks, and slaves to wait on one is looked on, upon as a necessity for which life, honor, and human feeling are sacrificed. So like you'll sacrifice anything for that lifestyle that you think exists somewhere and you'll move away from your family and your whole imagination is is basically cut, kept captive to mm-hmm. a, an, like an idea that doesn't. What's well,
0: the fact that yeah. it's like not even an imagination because what imagination like properly fostered is like it should be formed by truth. So that's why like fairy tales can be said to be real because there's truth in them. And it's like they're communicating something, you know, that is real, even if it's through, you know, characters that don't exist in like, you know, a temporal world. Mm -hmm. um, It's like they're communicating a truth that does exist. And so it forms you, you know, in a way that you are now ordered towards like what is higher and what Mm -hmm. is good. Versus the fact that – and so it's, like, it's ordering you towards reality. And so it's past what you can experience towards, like, you know, the real spiritual realm. Mm. Versus, like, the social media, what it's doing is the fact that it's, like, it knows that um, – it's, like, well, we know that we're made for the spiritual world, but – A lot of people aren't going to acknowledge that. And so to keep you in, you know, this material world, it's like, we can't let you imagine anything because if you imagine things, you get to, you know, knowing truth and you'll know that this is not what you desire. This is not what's going to satisfy you. So instead it's like, we're just going to tell you point blank, this will satisfy, you. this will satisfy you, this will satisfy you, you know, to try and keep you here. It holds you down. And that's the whole thing of like it having a hold on you of it prevents you from moving higher. And it's this thought of like the quote says of viewing it as a necessity. So you Mm. view, you know, these things of like, oh, like the prerequisite to, you know, a life of happiness to like the quote unquote good life is like having all of these material things. Um, and like having this social currency and that's like the way. And so I need that. And so once it becomes a need, then it's like, well, of course I have to like stay in this, you know, material world because if I transcend that, you know, I'm not going to have these things that I'm told I need.
3: Mm. That's interesting. <clears throat> what was the whole spiritual suicide? What does that mean?
1: In the rich? hmm Isolation and spiritual suicide. Well, because you- you can't have a spiritual you're i guess it's because like because of the isolation mm. i mean even I mean, even I mean, a hermit I mean, is like so, living in some type of communal like, you're, yeah, aspect know, you're so high
3: above everybody else that um well if you get your wealth yeah.
1: if you get mm. your wealth by unjustly Scamming people, basically. Like, I mean, the quickest way to make a lot of money very quickly is scam people. It's basically yeah. take the wealth that's already there, and then accumulate it very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> like, just
0: funnel it into yourself. Yeah. Yes,
1: and and if you do that, you're going to be isolated from the whole because you've scammed them, right? And you need mm-hmm. to hide that. Oh man, when I was ah oh, great when I was doing DoorDash for uh <laughs> over the summer right, in San Dash. Diego, but I I would take so there's this area of San Diego which is like richest and one of the richest in the world it's like it's called rancher santa fe that's where do you remember the um the Did, heaven remember you the heaven like
3: got, deliver like stuff to people's houses and they're like freaking massive like multi-million
1: mansions. dollar yeah i used to like but i would purposely take orders that were out of my way up in Ranch santa fe just so i can like go to these places and just be like <laughs> wow this is where all the wealth's gone uh shout out Karl Marx. Not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways i would go I, the best my favorite one in Ranch santa fe there was a um you would go up and I just love the gates. The gates mm. for me were like mm. so fun, I love you know, because you, <laughs> yeah. well, you go up and you're like, why do you need a gate? Okay. Well, you know, oh, like, well, we need you know, protection people out, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like it's San Diego. Like you can't find a bad neighborhood from Rancho Santa Fe for literally like 30 miles all around. Mm-hmm. Like there is no bad neighborhoods nowhere near. And also the roads there, like they have their own police force and everything. Why do you need a gate? But there was one neighborhood that had a gate with a guard that you go in. And then you go far enough, and they have a second gate. But this gate has, like, cameras going both ways. And you can't get in there unless you've been approved by the first gate. And then it'll open to you with, like, some sensor thing. And then you get in there, and there's, like, $15 million houses or whatever else. But I, I just was like... What would it take for me to buy a house behind two
3: <laughs> gates?
1: Like how much like I mean What's the point? Look, like, I mean at that point
3: why, I mean one gate is fine, but like two gates, are you are you like but the irony are you of scamming such a people and need production? <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean but I mean it's just like you know, you got back to that apathy thing. Um the amount of like irony that I have to have like nihilistic irony, I'd have to have to grow up in one of those areas as a kid, and then you move to social media. It's kind of like, yeah, I mean, I don't believe in all of this wealth stuff because it's ultimately meaningless, but I'm still gonna do it anyways because it's right in front of me, right? Yeah. It's like-
0: Well, it's also because it's all you've ever known. <clears throat> it's so almost it's like, like that- Um, You know how to like make yeah. money. You know to, how to like, you know, basically scam people. Hmm. Um, You know how to like get into the like corporate world and it's easy. They make it easy, you know? And it's like, you work your way up because it's all based on, yeah. The, or like, like the money. celebrities
1: who paid all that money to have their kids go to USC, like yeah, five years right? ago or something, went to jail. It's, it's, it's really like Caligula, like in the, you know, the Emperor Caligula back in the, if you guys looked into him at all, but he basically, he became Roman Emperor and the Senate thought they can control him, but he was like the most influencer style guy. He, he literally would just like Oh, the Romans, they, they, he would just be drunk all the time. And then one time he like brought a woman in the Senate and then like raped her in front of like everyone in the Roman Senate. And then he would do stuff like just invade places. And, and the Senate guys thought they could control him, but he just was like, I don't care. This whole Roman empire stuff doesn't make a hill of beans to me. And like, I feel like that's kind of the, (laughs) the nihilistic. Yeah. Modern. Whatever the post post postmodern, because we're not modern. This is the thing you have to get in your mind, is the moderns were actually trying to build up something. They were trying to build up, like, this, like, super-capitalistic structure, whatever, with a big state. But, like, the postmoderns are basically saying, like, this is a whole joke. No one cares about all this stuff. Like, we have all this wealth, but it's it's all based on a deception. It's all based on a nihilistic, like, there's nothing meaningful in all of this. You thought you were building up something meaningful, and that's what the moderns were thinking. Like, people like Milton Friedman and, like, capitalistic um uh and liberal uh what would you call them apologists but now we're in the postmodern which is just like who cares whatever you know <laughs> two mm. gates lol I'm gonna you know I'm <laughs> doing my Instagram post from here.
0: Yeah it's all just for you know for the looks. show exactly for the look for the aesthetic. It's like I guess two gates is the equivalent of like the blue check mark, you know, on Instagram. Yeah right <laughs> like yeah, yeah. the verified, so to speak. It's like it doesn't mean anything, but it just means like I'm cool basically.
1: Levels of irony. (laughs) Memes are actually a pretty good way of, like, getting to, like, people's general sentiment of culture. Memes have a lot
3: of truth in them. (laughs) (laughs) It's true.
1: But, like, levels of, um, you know, there's, like, uh, have you ever seen, like, conservatives can't meme, like, stuff? Like, there's, like, a you know there's, like, generational gaps with, like, memes? Like, when you see, like, a really boomer meme, like, you know it's a really boomer meme. Mm -hmm. And, like, I could never, and even, like, conservative memes a lot of times are, like, like, the right can't meme. Um, that type of stuff. It's like, no, they can't because it's like they're trying, they're actual positivists about something. Like mm-hmm. when you listen to a Ben Shapiro or these other guys, they're positivists about the fact that you can build like a capitalistic, well-running mm-hmm. thing. But then people like AOC, and well, she's she's positivist in her like socialist stuff, like, bad example. But like the postmodernists, like we're not trying to build anything anymore. These companies really aren't trying to build anything. They're just trying to make profits. Yeah. And so the people who... Or conspiring There's no mission with it. behind There's no them. Mission. Yeah. There's just like the look, the aesthetic, the lifestyle. Yeah,
0: money's the mission. Yeah. All
1: right, Hadley, how much longer can this can this postmodern influencer thing? Is this going to be our future for all times?
3: <clears throat> I I Does don't it know. I hope carbonous? not. Yeah. Is there is there a reversion back to the night, the Roaring Twenties, basically?
1: The Roaring Twenties actually sucked.
3: <laughs> there was a they lot didn't have the any alcohol. <laughs> well,
1: 20?
3: so by
0: your standards, yeah, no, 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 totally.
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's my only standard. That you
0: yeah, no alcohol. Yeah.
1: Um, okay. Yeah, your question still.
3: Yeah, there, will there ever be? Will cell phones become outdated? I mean, what? What then? I mean, what do we use? Like personal drones? I mean, like, yeah. When do we
0: get the um? What's the thing? That they were always had in those movies in like the early 2000s of um, it was like, oh, a holograph.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. When do we get to
0: those? You know, it's like, when are those coming along? Um, I have to say. What is the next step? Yeah, I really don't know. So I, like, don't have too much of an understanding of, like, history, actually. I haven't studied a lot of that. So I don't really know how, like, cycles go and, you know, like, stuff like this. Um, So I'm probably, like, not the best to talk on this topic. But I think it's really interesting to see just, like, how social media trends have, like, you know, been passed on with each new platform. So, like, what's interesting is that um, Instagram has become way more professional Um, In the sense that it's, like, you have to have very, like, well-edited, you know, like, high-quality photos, like, Mm -hmm. good captions. Um, You basically have to, like, to be anything on Instagram, you have to be, like, a quote-unquote professional influencer, Mm -hmm. you know, or act like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have to, like, know the algorithm and you have to post according to that. Versus what's interesting about TikTok is that it's, like – You, it's actually thrives on you not being professional. It's just a bunch of
3: stupid people making videos.
0: Exactly, it's like teenagers in their beds, like wearing their pajamas and just basically oversharing things. I think watch
3: something like that. Yeah, people invite people into their like private. Yeah,
0: it's It's so weird. But they're willing to give up so much privacy. So, like, people, you know, um, like, will just overshare on those apps is another thing. And that's this, like, you know, desire for connection. And so it's like, no, you should not be sharing these, like, traumatic events of yours on TikTok, you know? It's just so disturbing that people think that that's okay. There's no more privacy. Yeah, exactly. But they're willingly giving it up. Um, for this social currency and for this, you know, chance to be TikTok famous. So that's another thing that TikTok thrives on is that, like, the algorithm is, like, you know, kind of random. And so anyone now can become like more famous, you know, more popular. Like they can get a video that's circulated and get like hundreds of thousands of views, even if they're, you know, a middle schooler making videos in their basement or their bedroom. Um, and so that's what also makes it so addictive is that it's like, oh, wow, anyone without any experience can get this social currency really quick, you know, and at no cost to them.
3: You know, to me to even watch tiktok you have to lower yourself to such a level yeah you just don't care it's like i could never sit down it's mind numbing yeah like it's so stupid to me it's like how go ride a bike or something it's like what yeah talk to a friend what are you doing sitting down on your recliner eating twinkies like watching tiktok it's it's the how can you even do that to me it's like
1: you don't like twigies yet?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's people who, like, haven't connected with others in real life. And so I think so the, that— they're
3: all sheltered kids. Not even—no,
0: not even sheltered. Just, like, people—I think that it's, um, you know, people specifically that aren't sheltered. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's people that, like, you know, they go to school. They, like, do their sports. They have, like, you know, I'd say, like, real-life friends. But it's that they have the, like, praise from this social currency. Um, and so that's where they find their like self-worth, so to speak, you know, um, because it's like you don't have friends that are just going to like compliment you all the time, you know, and like affirm you all the time um, because it's almost like this, you know, it's like in friendship. It's this like unspoken thing of like, yeah, if we're friends, obviously, like, I think you're cool. Obviously, I like want to hang out with you. Um, but people like crave something more than that, because also we've lost the meaning of friendship. So we now just um, have friends that are either, you know, you um, Friends that provide something to us. So, you know, there's a classic example of like, oh, we're in a class together, we can study together. Like you provide something to me. The friendship ends once that's no longer provided. Then there's also, you know, the friendship of like, oh, well we're like, you know, we have fun together. So it's like, you're a friend that I know that I can always like go to a party with. And oh, we have a ton of fun at the party. But it's like, once you stop going to the parties, that friendship ends. Um, And so, you know, like Aristotle's definition of like virtue friendships is like, you are mutually like working towards a common goal. And that's like, you know, a higher good. Um, And so I think that it's that those like don't exist anymore. So we have like, you know, these um, friendships of like enjoyment and then like friendships of um, like, you know, providing something for you. Mm -hmm. And so because that's all that people have, they're still not fulfilled in like, I have a friend, like I have someone that I'm working towards something with a person that's like calling me on to hire, you know, like the whole thing of like ordering your desires towards a good. And so people are still searching for that um, being fulfilled and like being affirmed. So they then turn to like social media and the social currency and that's where they like find it affirmed. Um, So I think that like the um, shift of social media is going to be like, where can you, get that social currency faster and easier. So like, you know, Instagram, it was like, yeah, at first, like a lot of people could like quickly get, you know, famous on there, but now it's been crowded out by businesses. And so now you have to like pay more through ads and stuff like that to be able to like make it in Mm -hmm. the algorithm. Whereas TikTok, you don't have to pay for that. And so you're able to get that social currency, you know, be cool to other people without, like, putting a lot of effort into it. So I think that the trend is just going to be, like, with more social media platforms that are created is, like, less effort, higher access to social currency.
2: Wow.
1: How do you think – so to move a little bit more to Franciscan. (laughs) So there seems to be – and this came out of the Instagram debate, I Mm -hmm. think. He's kind of like two currents, right? There's the the stream of new media, you know, um, whatever it is, Instagram, et cetera. And also this move for like Franciscan to be more mainstream. I don't know. Just kind of like straightforward conservative Catholic. Mm -hmm. And then there's like this like. New polity, crazy, like whatever. This harmonium project, Steubenville yeah. community, distributed, semi-communist. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just really. <laughs> Kellen and Alex, you know, <laughs> you know uh, who's gonna win the day at Franciscan? That's my question.
0: Um, I think that overall, at large, like people are probably going to stick with like the mainstream stuff, Um, but. I think that it's all about bringing people into community. So like what, you know, this whole movement of like building a Catholic culture here in Steubenville like has to thrive off of is like interacting with people, helping them see like what their desires are, you know, like um, what you should want out of life. And then, like, bringing them into the community that is growing here and, like, making them feel like they have a place. Because I think that's a hard part about being a college student is that, you know, you're either, like, well, I'm either going to, A, move home because my family's there. I know no. people from high school. Or, B, I'm going to move to, like, a cool big city because I can get a job there.
3: But nobody's going to, like, stay here long term.
0: Exactly. Because, one, that's just, like, not how we really view college. You know, it's not like, oh, I stay in my college town. Like, that's just not mm-hmm. how um, you go for four the rest of the world operates. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think that's also because there is a mm-hmm. disconnect between um, like the college town and the college itself. And mm-hmm. so most places it's like the college town is built around the college. So the college town just serves the college. So it's like, well, why would I stay, you know, my college town? Because it's like I don't want to, you know, just like serve my school.
3: But here it's the other way around.
0: Exactly. Like we, you know, Studentville was a place and then Franciscan, you know, was Put here. And so, Steubenville does not serve Franciscan. Mm -hmm. Um, Franciscan provides more money to Steubenville, you know, the town, than Steubenville does for Franciscan. And so, um, that almost like makes it less desirable for people to want to stay because they're like, well, there's no connection between the two. You know, why would I want to stay in this place? Um, But We have to show people that, like, well, if you're in the proper ordering of your life is, like, you need to put community first because, as we said earlier, like, you can't come to, like, know, love and serve God without being properly formed by your community. Mm. But it's also like so once we tell people that, you know, oh, you have to order yourselves towards community like you should find a job that's like in a place where you have a good community that should come first. You shouldn't just like go for a job. So you have to convince people that first because everyone thinks like, oh, I'm just going to college for the sole purpose of getting a job, Um, which is not the case. It's like especially at a liberal arts school, it's to form the person.
2: Yeah, that's Um, interesting. So we
0: have to, like, Mm -hmm. rewrite that narrative, then rewrite the narrative of, oh, you, like, move to a place only for the purpose of the job. But then once we convince them, like, oh, you have to go to a place for a community, we also have to show them but you're a part of this community. So you have to bring them into it. You know, you can't just be like, oh, you should stay in Steubenville for the community and then like never invite people to stuff. Like, you know, (laughs) don't make things for them to get involved in. It's like, they're not going to feel involved. They're not going to want to stay because they're like, well, this isn't my community. So the thing is, is that, well, we've, you know, just created... Franciscan as the community, the school. And so everyone, you know, has their like community on campus. So we have to like pull them into the town, I think, to get them to stay. And so that's going to be, you know, just the main challenge is like bringing people And so I think that you, though, can start with just like bringing people into community. I don't think you necessarily have to start with like telling them, oh, you have to like order your, you know, like life towards a community. So, oh, your job should be like ordered towards community. Because I think that that'll be naturally discovered by them Hmm. once they're a part of a community.
3: I think, yeah, I think a lot of people are kind of turned off when they hear about, like, for example, my sister went to UC Santa Barbara, and the dorms are literally on the beach. I mean, you mm-hmm. can take your fishing pole and throw your line out your window, and you could probably catch something. Like, it's, <laughs> that's how close it is. Here, you can't even find a mountain anywhere. You know, it's like, and there's no beach. But you
0: can there's, find a hill.
3: <laughs> you can find a hill. Here's a, It's
0: like... You can find, you tell me the Ohio River is not beautiful. Mm. (laughs) I used to say, so I lived in a loft in fourth floor Tommy last year, and it was one that was on like the backside, so it overlooked the river. Mm. And my joke was that I lived on in a beachfront penthouse because it was the top floor, (laughs) and I had the beach volleyball courts like right below me, and then the river river, right behind it.
3: (laughs) But, but, you know, if you ask the average person, would you rather go to college at a resort town next to a beautiful ocean or would you rather go to the middle of a broken down you know it's like meth
0: town <laughs> like, you know
3: it's like the average person would probably prefer going to that beach town right
0: and i would just say they have wrong preferences Pe- people that go to
3: franciscan <laughs> choose to be a franciscan right they go the there, majority i would say the majority yeah. yeah not all of them but the majority i would say come here because there's a special connection a lot of, like, you and I were talking about this in really one of our early podcasts. We were basically saying those big state schools are just like advanced job training. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's literally what it is. Oh, it's it is. brilliant, too, because yeah. it's companies outsourcing
1: their, yeah, oh, dude, it's so capitalistic. You're outsourcing it, and the government makes money by charging exorbitant loans. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's just like, wow, this is.
3: It's brilliant. It's brilliant. But small private Catholic college, no government funding whatsoever. I don't think, right? No, we do. Yeah,
0: we get government funding.
3: We do? Mm-hmm. I thought private colleges didn't get government Money,
0: money, money,
2: money.
3: I thought private colleges were funded by the people that went there. Right?
1: Not all of them, yeah. It, de- it depends. So they get around. government funding,
0: but it means that they're not, like, run by the government, so to speak. Okay, so, like, okay. we're not a state school, so we don't have to do things that, like, the state mandates. Okay, that's that makes sense. But we do yeah, take government funding. Yeah,
3: I mean, yeah, it's... It's just interesting. You know, people come here because they, most of them want to like build a culture and they want to be transformed through the university. A lot of other places are just like, go there for four years, leave, you know, and it's just teaching you how to. We've talked about this before. Okay. If Catholic Mm -hmm.
1: culture is necessarily, okay, well, culture in general, If, if Catholicism is necessarily social and further, um, you know, this further individualization of everyone and the breakdown of families all across the country, then like, (laughs) we're one of the few places, including, you know, like little parish communities in different areas that are like living this Catholicism thing. Like it it has to be social. It can't be an intellectual's retreat into some type of dialectical Thomism. It can also be some ivory tower stuff. It also can't be just merely kind of a Catholic label on top of a general liberalist yeah. view of, of reality, it's, it has to actually have a community that's an ecclesial thing mm. like St. Peter's mm. and like the surrounding families that are like living. Yeah. Like living your community should community be ordered around a parish and trying yeah. to go through virtue. And it has to be, yeah, it has to be parish level. And what's really interesting about being attached to a Catholic university and higher education stuff is like, you know, ah, uh, I, this is one of the most neglected stories in scripture, the uh Ezra and Nehemiah, the books in the Old Testament. So most people have no idea about it. Like, so you remember Jeremiah and those whole, his prophecies, right? Look, Babylon's about to come, F you guys up and take you to Babylon and you're screwed, right? <laughs> yeah,
0: that's exactly how it was in the scripture. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, he got thrown in a well. They were like, die, stop talking. You're in a well now. And he's like, you guys are about to die. <laughs> so they go to Babylon for 70 years. And then Daniel has his prophecy that it's going to take even far longer for um for the real restoration to take place. Well, anyways, Ezra and Nehemiah were like the Jews when they went to Babylon got so incorporated in, in the Babylonian culture that they never thought they were ever going to leave, like ever rebuild the temple anything. Ezra and Nehemiah had like recovered the Jewish scriptures and like read it and were like, oh, no. <laughs> this is not what we're supposed to do at all. <laughs> Babylon? We're not supposed to you know, that Psalm by the streams of Babylon, there we sat and wept and we hung up our harps while they, while our captors told us, sing us a song of Zion. Like that was that whole, it's called the exilic songs, Psalms. You're in, you know, you're in exile. Well, they go to the, uh, the ruler in Babylon and say, you know, we want to go back and rebuild Jerusalem. He's like, yeah, go ahead have a fun time. And they re- went back, rebuilt the temple reconsecrated it all from like reading the scriptures again and being like, oh crap, this makes a huge difference on all of our lives. And you know how much of the Jews went back? Like very few, like it was like 10% of the Jews who were still in Babylon and many of them just stayed there forever. Um, but it was only from them and them actually going back through reading the books and saying, this is the blood of the covenant. And like, you're back in, you know, in, um, in the people of God again, that they rebuilt the temple and, and it said that God loved that temple even more than Solomon's temple when he originally built it. And it's like that same thing it's it's kind of like as long as we knew we know like this is why Jones's book before church and state is such a huge deal because he's saying here's what a catholic civilization looks like. Now we read that and then we read the scriptures and you read aquinas you read other people and we get it from the academia stuff and you're like okay now what do we do? <laughs> All right Let's stick together. That's part yeah, one. Yeah, right. You know, let's stick together. You know, we're going to figure it out, you know, and get a parish. All right, we got St. Peter's. Right, sing in the choir. Great job. All right. Buy a house. I don't know. Like, these are really stupid, small steps. But if we're really serious about like, okay, Catholicism has to live, be lived socially and like we have this huge opportunity here and then also the culture is whatever outside. Yeah. Okay. This is just logical. This isn't. It's not so ridiculous an idea as it first as it seems on the, the yeah. Once the face. you start
0: doing it, you're like, oh wait, this is I'd all rather, just like very natural. Nope. Yeah.
1: Wouldn't would rather be anywhere else? I say this all the time. Even where we're walking and there's down the street, there's like four cop cars, and then there's he some guy stuck in the, semi, yeah, the semi yeah, he's hit stuck two in the cars, he's hit yeah, two cars. But there is a beauty
0: here in. <laughs> there's the a area. fire truck coming down the street too. I'm just
3: like it's home, man. Yeah, yeah. it's That's strange. Where I live. But you know, I wouldn't be in St. if it wasn't for the people like i'm yeah oh absolutely yeah it's like but we have like all of us here it's worth it you know it's it's the place that i want to be like you said you feel more at home here than you do in san diego
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah you know? shout out best city in the world san diego <laughs> 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 um
3: but how many people would say that like where would you rather us idiots <laughs> or san diego you would be like oh i'd rather be in san diego San Diego Zoo. San Diego was really nice. Yeah, Yeah, I've got to
0: say.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that was an awesome
0: There were some times I'd rather be in San Diego. Well, here's the thing too, was like going to San Diego with the whole group of everybody. Yeah. That was what made it 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 so awesome. Yeah, exactly. Like getting to hang out with your family. That was so much fun. The Mm ambulance, like so great.
1: And and that's why like, and I, uh, (laughs) like we have more effect than we think. It's not just us saying like, oh, I'm going to live here. But like, we're a huge inspiration for our parishes that we grew up in, mm-hmm. you know, like my parish priest in San Diego, he, he, the, fr- when I was going to go to Fran, he's like, we're going to do a, a little scholarship thing. Whoever wants to go to a Newman guide school, we're going to give you a thousand dollars from the parish. And I was the only one who applied and I went to Franciscan and he gave me a thousand dollars to go to Franciscan. And, and I can tell even me, just me, Paul and Gabe going to Franciscan. And now we have other families asking me about like, oh, I want to see my kids there and all this stuff. And I've gone back and forth from the parish, talked to my parish priest and my spiritual director and stuff, but I can tell like things at the parish, even from just us going there and like, there's this mutual, you know, like St. Paul has like, encourage each other with psalms and hymns and all this stuff. It's like that mutual encouragement of us trying to do something good here is going to have huge effects for our parishes back home, Mm -hmm. our families, our whatever. So it's not like, and Mm -hmm. this type of, and we're not the the first people to think about this either like i mean there's people in the harmonium project who've been doing this for far longer and um the nelson family like doing all the property buy-ups they've done and stuff so uh it's not like it's unprecedented and further it's not restricted just geographically it's also the people who come and visit and are like wow this is cool i'm going to bring this back to my parish and start doing stuff here you know it's okay yeah Every podcast we had to well, rant about, like, dude, justifying I, this crap for ourselves. When I, <laughs> dude,
3: when I, you know, when I
1: went, this be, will work. I promise. I promise. Yeah, right?
3: Jack, you're going to live. You're going <laughs> to live. I mean, my you're friend, not going to die. <laughs> my friend Daniel went here and then I got influenced. I came. And then um at the same time, another friend from home named Rosie, she came. And now it's like a big thing back in our hometown. We're just from a small town and like people are, oh, Franciscan. Like, Obviously, everybody's going there, so there's got to be something good about it, right? And it you're right. It has that effect on your parish. People start yeah. talking about it. You know, no. What is this place in Ohio, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. What is this place in Ohio that people are flocking to? It's like... Come check it out.
0: Yeah. Why did Matt Prad move here? You it's know, a, it's a
3: good dump, but come on. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good dump. Yeah,
0: well, it's like the mark of a Christian is joy, and like there's joy here, and like that's what I notice about people, and other people will notice that about you, you know, wherever you go.
1: Thanks for bringing the joy to the Kellen and Alex show. Thanks, Abby, for coming on. Oh, that was, that, wow, wow. That's a good one. We, uh, you, you, I think Instagram's my, gonna go out of business after this.
3: You know. <laughs> yeah, right. Hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> You made my intellect and imagination go to another
0: level. Well, I hope that we do that for all the listeners, too. All two of them, maybe. Shout out <laughs> <Yeah>. all two <laughs>
1: listeners. McKenna, thanks for joining us as well. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, this was awesome. Thanks for having thanks me.
1: Thanks for being Ryan. on, Hadley. And that's going to wrap it up for us. The Kellen and Alex Show, destroying Bye. all of your old notions. KNA
3: baby.
1: k and a. Peace. If there's a Christian religion and it's Catholicism
3: or nothing. What politics actually is, art of people living together, orienting one another towards virtue. And the person was like, dude, flirting is the abortion of love. This is the most worthy, most exciting, most adventurous. Drop and, uh, a nuke on the Franciscan bubble.
1: The Kellen and Alex Show. Theology. God could have stopped it if he
3: was Permissive wasn't. will.
1: That's right.
3: <laughs> I don't know why God would allow something like that to go through, but then again, God allows God allows you to, to go
2: on
1: and on. You fair enough. <laughs> truth. Okay. <laughs>